This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. Yo, 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 what is good, what's good, what's good, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of A Sensi Fan Talking with LP, and of course, this is yours truly, LP. Welcome back to the pod. Appreciate you coming back and sticking with us for, I don't know, what is this, half an hour, 45 minutes, however long this happens to be. Appreciate you setting aside a little bit of time for yours truly. Um... It's been a little bit, um, just kind of taking care of a few eyes and ends. Um, excited about some things we got cooking. Um, can't really drop what's about to happen in the coming months or so, but really excited about some things we got cooking up. So please stay tuned for those really good things. Uh, we got some collabs coming up. So really excited about what's going on with the pod looking to expand a little bit um so just be on the lookout for it um been gone for a little bit um but we back at it so um hey happy to be here um happy to be safe hope everybody been staying safe hope y'all been catching um what sports are out here um hope y'all been on oh reading books um (laughs) Making sure y'all checking up on Black History Month because I know it's March, but hey, it's still Black History Month out here. So hope y'all, you know, expanding your minds and everything, you know, doing what you got to do and hope y'all ready for the pod. So we're going to go ahead and jump into it. You know, we got a little bit of Bengals talk, um, got a little bit of hoops talk, a little bit of that. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit of snowfall. Got to say uh I was a, I was a, a tad disappointed about Snowfall, a little bit disappointed in it. Um, n- not about the overall, you know, n- not about the overall how, how it went down. Well, I guess I was disappointed how it went down, but as far as how Snowfall is, not disappointed about that. But we'll get into all of that. Um, so first, um, let's get into a little bit of the Bengals. Um, I know it's March. You know, I know the Reds are are about to, you know, I know they're in spring training and everything, but, you know, this should be a long Red season. Got to say, I I won't say I'm not optimistic about the Reds. You know, I feel like the Reds, if things break right, I feel like they can be okay. But 
I feel like they it, it doesn't feel like last year for the Reds. For the Reds, it's kind of like they they didn't appease the fan base like they did last year. Last year it was like you know we went out and got some guys. You know, Trevor Bauer was here. You know, they got Nick, and it's kind of like ready to do some things. They started off slow, ended off hot. Everybody was sad, flamed out in the playoffs. (laughs) I don't know. And it was like they let some people go. Now what? So I'm kind of building back up on the Reds. But as far as the Bengals, we got Joe. <laughs> so hope springs eternal. You know what I mean? Because cause Joe's here. So now it's like you build around Joe. And the fan base felt like they built around Joe. We felt like they did. But then when you looked at that offensive line, you knew that they didn't. And everybody was hoping that they could do it with smoke and mirrors. And then you looked up. And that line was just as trash as it was with Andy Dalton. You're not getting it done like that. So (laughs) I'm in the doctor's office the other day. You know, by the way, fellas, frequent doctor's office visits, (laughs) like yearly checkups. We we, got to be on that. Um, You know, the wife stays on me. You know, I got to stay on myself. It. We, we got to do that. You know, we got to make sure we're around. So, you know, I figure I make that plug, you know, especially especially for all of us. You know, I, I can't just limit that to I can't just limit that to my to my bros. Like that's that's all of us. Black, white, Hispanic, all of us fellas. We got to we, we got to make sure we're making those doctor's visits. So I'm in the doctor's office and I'm talking to I'm talking to my doctor, you know, and we're both Bengals fans. And. We're talking about what the Bengals should do. You know, we're we're both like O-line, O-line. And we kind of come up with the epiphany at about the same time. Like, and and I can't take full credit for this. Like, me and and the doctor at about the same time. We're like, what if the Bengals decide to go like, okay, we're going to get an old lineman, you know, Joe Thune, for instance. You get him in free agency, right? Then you turn around and pick up an offensive lineman with your first-round draft pick. Would that be crazy? Is that a waste of a draft pick? Is it affordable? Does it make sense? To me personally, I say it makes perfect sense because what do you need more than anything? What is the weakest part of your team? Without a doubt, it's offensive line. So what you could do is pick up a great free agent offensive line and then a great free agent offensive lineman and then say, Okay, great. We're set there. So let's get a wide receiver or a linebacker 
or whatever. Or you can reverse it and say, okay, we're going to go ahead and fill some other needs in free agency. And then let's go ahead and get a great offensive lineman in the first round of the draft. Or you can build a great offensive line through the draft and free agency. You could do both. You could set the offensive line completely right now. You really could do that. I guess the question for me is, is that possible monetarily? Could you do that through the draft and free agency and be able to pay, I don't know, Carl Lawson, (laughs) William Jackson? Like, is that possible? I don't really know the answer to that question. Um, If I had to guess, probably not. It's probably not feasible to get that done. But if it was, I would feel like that's the move. It's the perfect way to set your team up for success. Because if you really think about it, and a lot of people don't really want to, I won't say they don't want to admit this, but you're set at running back. You have great wide receivers. Like, like you're pretty good at wide receiver. I mean, it's the NFL. You can always get another wide receiver. You can always get another backup running back. I mean, you you could always get those. But you could never be at a loss for offensive linemen. You could never have a surplus for offensive linemen. Like, it's not possible. If you have six great offensive linemen and you have a need to get a seventh one, are you going to pass that up? Never. Because what happens is offensive linemen get hurt all of the time on a regular basis. And you're going to have to be able to rotate them in and out. So, I mean, I remember the Bengals drafting Cedric away and drafting another, what was it, Jake Fisher? Drafting them both back-to-back. So it's not out the realm of possibility. I mean, (laughs) this stuff does happen. I mean, I know the Bengals, I mean, I know they value offensive linemen. They've done this before. Now, do they pan out? I mean, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And I'm not going to hold that against the Bengals, per se. I mean, not really. That that happens to everybody. I mean, every team has folks that flame out. I mean, you're lucky if you can get half of your draft picks to stick. I mean, you are. And then you're called, like, you know, a genius team. You know, the Patriots are geniuses because they get their – draft picks to stick. I mean, it's more luck than anything. I mean, the whole draft is a crapshoot. I mean, it is, you know. You're, you're looking at the players and you're going like, oh, this this guy's a can't-miss draft pick. Are they really? <laughs> is anybody a can't-miss draft pick? I mean, they're definitely not. You know, they have to be in the right situation. And they, have to, they can't get hurt. The people in front of them, you know, they 
they can't play as well so the other folks can get playing time. I mean, there's a lot that goes into a draft pick performing. There's so much. So as far as the Bengals being able to get an offensive lineman to perform, I feel like they're going to get the playing time. I feel like that's that's a no-brainer. The playing time is going to be there. It's really going to be about the Bengals giving whatever offensive linemen they draft, giving those, giving those offensive linemen the time to mature into great players and not just pulling them at the first sign of trouble, which is going to be tough because you're protecting Joe Burrow. And if there's trouble, you're going to want to get them out of there quick because you're protecting Joe and you're not going to want to get Joe hurt again. So that's going to be a tough call, which is why getting somebody in free agency might be the best move. It'll be somebody that's, you know, battle tested and they're just ready to play. You know, there's somebody they're going to be really good at what they do and you're going to be paying them top dollar. So they're going to want to prove themselves. So getting both, getting both would not be a bad strategy, I say, if you can afford it. You know, I'm not a capologist, so <laughs> it's very easy for me to spend other people's money up here. You know, me on my little podcast saying, hey, do this. Hey, do that. You know, uh, it's not my money. <laughs> so and, and, I, and I do realize that. So I, I'm just I, I'm just spitting the hypothesis basically um if it's affordable easily but if it's not affordable then that's definitely not something you should do and if it's not affordable my plan of attack will be first free agency and if free agency doesn't work then after that the draft that's how i would do it but at some point, by hook or by crook, at some point, you have to address the offensive line. And I feel like the entire league understands that as far as the Bengals. Everybody in the league understands that the Cincinnati Bengals cannot have the exact same line that they ended the year with at the start of this at the start of the year. If they do, no matter what no, no matter who they draft, <laughs> it would be considered a failure in the offseason. I mean, to me, if there are no if there are no upgrades in the offensive line, then the offseason was a failure. If you're going to put Joe Burrow behind the same offensive line, what was the point of the offseason? Like, what were you doing? It, it would be about the same as you getting a brand new car. And you having bad tires and you know the tires are bad. So you fix up the entire car and you leave the same tires on. What was the point? The car is going to break down anyway. You're going to get a flat. <laughs> the car is not going anywhere. That would be what will happen if you have the exact same offensive line in the 2021 season. And I don't see the Bengals doing that. I mean, hopefully not. I mean, I can't see it happening. So, um, 
here's to an upgraded offensive line. And I'm seeing what well, we'll we'll talk about the season projection in in, in another episode because there's still some things that we got to shake out. I mean, I don't really want to project and we don't know what the roster looks like. I mean, I, I hear a lot of podcasters doing that and I'm like, we don't even know who's on the roster yet. Like, uh, and that makes no sense. Like, are they playing 16 or 17 games? You don't even know. Like, how are you projecting wins? That's kind of silly. So let's get a schedule first before we do all of that. So that's kind of weird. Um, on another front, um, this happened a little bit ago, but this this has kind of been irking me because it's it's something that I see in my line of work as a teacher all of the time. Um, that the video uh, with with Cam Newton that that kind of circulated a lot, where he was at his camp running a, running a seven on seven or something like that, and you got the kid um, talking to him, you know saying that he's going to be a free agent, you know, just yelling at him and heckling him and stuff like that. Um, that that kind of struck a chord with me. The One, because of the way Cam Newton handled it, which is exactly the way a veteran teacher would handle it. You know, where, where's your pops? Where's your dad? And then following it up by, you know, later on in another video, you know, calmly talking to him like, look, no, this is what you need to do. Like, like talking to him, you know, real man to man type. Like, and and the boy wasn't really trying to hear it, you know. Per, sadly, per usual, like that's that's kind of how it goes. The it struck a chord with me because I, I'm on Twitter and I, and I'm reading the comments and it's it was like sixty forty. It was like forty percent. People bigging up Cam Newton like, you know, he handled it well. But it was 60% like, you know, he gets paid to to deal with that and he needs to be tougher than that and he shouldn't have been talking to the kid at all. And I'm just reading the comments like there was very little about how the kid was wrong. Like There, there was very little about how this kid shouldn't have said anything at all. Like, he's at a camp that Cam Newton put out. Like, he's there because of Cam Newton. And he still felt the need to yell the stuff that he yelled. And there were very few people that were on the kid's case. And, and honestly, that's that's par for the course. Like, there's, there's this thing in society and... Honestly, the kids get it from the adults where they they feel like that they can talk not just to adults, not just not just to pro athletes, not just to teachers, but to pretty much anybody any way that they feel because they paid to be there because they paid to be in the store or because they're standing in line or because they have a ticket but like like their money gives them a reason to talk the way that they're talking like like it's it's the weirdest most ridiculous thing to me and and I see it so much and I see it from the adults 
And at some point, you're going to see it from the kids. And I, and I read a comment from somebody that was saying, like, from a lot of people actually saying, like, you know, these kids are entitled and these kids are, like, soft and stuff like that. And I'm like, you can call them that. And, you know, sometimes it's true, but they get it from somewhere. <laughs> like, these kids aren't just, quote, unquote, soft because, I don't know, like, they're not just soft because they just came up being soft. Like, it just didn't happen out of thin air. Like, that's learned behavior. Like, that's enabled behavior. And I, I can just be brutally honest and tell you, like, I I see where it comes from all of the time. Like, like, like you can see it coming. I mean, if, if you're a parent, you, you kind of know what I'm talking about. I mean, if you're an adult and you've dealt with other people's children in any line of work, you kind of know what I'm talking about. And you don't really have to be a teacher to understand that. And I feel like that was the most frustrating thing about watching that video. Like, not only watching the kid talking to Cam Newton, but watching all of the other kids, all the other adults in real time, not because I don't want anybody talking bad about the kid, but just watching all of the comments disrespecting Cam Newton <laughs> for talking to the kid. And it was just crazy to me. Like, <laughs> what did Cam Newton do wrong besides say, hey, go get your dad, go get your dad. Like, why are you talking to me? Go get your dad. I mean, okay, so he should have just walked away. But the kid should not have said anything at all. Like, there's no place for a kid to talk to an adult like that. At an event that that guy sponsored. And you can see coaches towards the end kind of pulling the kids to the side. Like, look, man, like, because at some point you got to understand that that kid is not just a representative of himself. And I don't think a lot of kids or a lot of adults understand that. When you put the kids out here and the kids are doing and saying certain things, they're not just representing themselves. They're representatives of the adults around them until they get to a certain age. The older they get, the less they represent their moms and their dads, and the more they represent just themselves. But until they hit a certain age, they're representing mom, they're representing dad, they're representing coaches. Like, that's what they're doing. That's why when you're seeing these these middle school coaches, when you're seeing them just kind of go ape, when these kids are just talking crazy on the sidelines and stuff, that's why they're doing that. Because a lot of these middle school coaches are understanding they're not just representing themselves. When they're wearing those jerseys, they're representing the coach as well. And when they're talking crazy on the sidelines, when they're pushing people on the court and tripping people on the court and talking reckless, they're representing the coach. 
they're making people think that that coach actually teaches that. And and if it's me, I'm like, hey, little man, you gotta sit down. <laughs> like you can't you can't play for me talking like that or acting like that or being like that. Like you can't, you can't play for me. Okay, maybe we take an L tonight. <laughs> like maybe we do, but I'd rather take this L tonight than have somebody think that I wanna win so bad that I let you play talking to people like that or playing like that or acting like that. I would I would rather just take a loss. Like I really would. And I know there's a lot of coaches like that. I have coached against a lot of coaches like that. Like, like I remember playing a game against a team. <laughs> this is like eighth grade, eighth grade basketball. We played against the team. Um, two minutes into the game, I'm like, yeah, we're about to lose. They had this one, this one little guy on the court. He he was just amazing. He 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 was just coming down the court. Just, just pulling, just pulling threes. It, it, it was crazy. But he was a high head, and he's just shooting the ball, talking mess before the ball goes in the hoop. And, and the coach pulled him at the end of the first quarter, just pulled him. And they were up like 10 points, pulled him. He didn't see the court for the rest of the game. <laughs> and we ended up winning the game. And the coaches – the 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 little the little guys livid and the fans on their side they're upset um we're looking like i hope they don't put them back on the court <laughs> but i understood completely why he wasn't going to play again like i i got it and and the players on my team they were kind of looking like they understood it completely after the game, I talked to the coach. And the coach was like, man, you know what happened. And I'm like, coach, say no more. <laughs> I'm like, say no more, coach. I get it. I understand it completely. And he is like, man, you know. I'm like, yep, I know. <laughs> and and we, we had a little laugh. I still got the coach's number. Like, we, we talk every now and again. Like, he, he's a really good guy. But I understood exactly what happened in that moment. I he he would have got the win. Like we we joke about it every now and again, but he had to prove a point. Respect goes a long way. I, I mean, it really does. Sometimes you have to do that. And just watching that video, it was it, it kind of brought everything full circle. And I, I just don't think adults understand that enough. And if the adults don't understand that enough, I don't think the kids are gonna get it enough because the kids, they feed off of what adults do. And they they watch us, like they act like they don't, they pretend like they don't care what we do or they don't care what we say. They don't listen to us, like whatever, you know, we're old. They're watching everything. Like <laughs> they're emulating everything. They're little tape recorders, like they really are. So when you see them doing stuff like he did on that video and you you hear them with the behavior and stuff like that, like, unfortunately, that's kind of sort of us. That's kind of sort of adults. Like, it really is. So when you hear people say, oh, these kids today, I mean, 
yes, it is these kids today a little bit, but you also got to look at the parents around them because they're not just getting it from the clear blue sky. They're not like, like it's not happening that way. It, it does not work that way. And this isn't, this isn't a dump on like parents. It's not, this is, this is more like if you look in the stands during the game, like you'll hear Bengals fans complain about this all of the time. Like, You'll hear most fans complain about this in their cities all of the time. Like, it's it, it's it's kind of sad, but it's very very true. the 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 fan behavior, and, and if we wanted to stop, and if we don't want our kids to behave that way, it, it's something that we have to check amongst ourselves. So. I mean, all of that is kind of what I thought when I saw that video and especially when I started reading all of the comments, because a lot of us are are real live enablers. I mean, and plus, I mean, if if you want to really dump on an athlete, what better place than Twitter? Right. <laughs> the The one place where you can pretty much say all types of reckless stuff and hide behind an egg. <laughs> you you got to hate it, right? So uh, we'll be right back. You know, we'll take a quick break. This is Cincy Fan talking with LP. See you in a second. Yo, 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 we back, we back. You got a Cincy fan talking with LP. And, of course, this is LP. Welcome back, welcome back. And it finally dropped. Last Wednesday, it finally dropped. That season premiere of Snowfall finally dropped. Been waiting for it since forever. The pandemic tried to stop it. Um, Couldn't stop it. Finally, we finally got it. Been telling y'all about it for the longest. Been trying to prime y'all for it. Been trying to get people on it. Been tweeting it, retweeting it since forever. And then it dropped. And I was like watching it with anger in my heart. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm watching it with anger. I, I'm like. I can't believe what's happening. I'm like, if I had hair, I'd be pulling it out. Like, since I keep since I keep the low fade, I'm like, I don't really have hair to pull out, right? But if I did, it would be gone, y'all. Like, for real, no, no lie. And this this is where I'm coming from with it. Like, you gotta understand. Like, John Singleton created a masterpiece, first off. No doubt. Um, R.I.P. to John Singleton. So so when I say this, I'm talking about really, not really subtle nuances. I'm kind of talking about how how the season's playing so far. Um, this show is 10 out of 10. All right. Like, definitely watch it. You will love it. Um, what I'm talking about it's strictly plot, <laughs> all right? I'm, I'm talking more plot and 
how the characters are behaving. All right. I'm talking more storyline and what I'm upset about in the storyline. All right. Let me make that clear. As far as how everything's going, as far as that acting, um, as far as like the drama, like it's on point. Like it's, it's, it's five stars. You don't, you don't have to worry about that at all. Um, if you haven't seen it, see it. Um, it's on Hulu. It's on FX. Um, I would say definitely binge seasons one through um, three before watching season four. I would say definitely do that because it'll help you with the context. All right. It'll help you understand why I'm so pissed off. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm really pissed off with one character more than anything because everybody else, they're kind of playing their part really well. And he's playing his part extremely well, like he always does. Um, I'm upset with how he moving. Like, what is this man doing? So, oh, um, yeah, spoilers. So, <laughs> like, if you haven't seen it and, and you want to see it, um, watch it. Then come back. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, to have these spoilers, I'm, I'm on that. I'll, I'll even put that in the description. It's spoiler time. So basically, Franklin, the, the one of the main characters in, in the um, in the series, Franklin, his 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 main I would say his main superpower, <laughs> per se, is the fact that he's been able to slip out of danger for the first three seasons. Like, that that's his thing. Just when you think he's done for, he finds a way to slip out of the most precarious positions. Not sure how he does it, but he's been in some sticky situations. And he finds a way to get out and and thrive. Season one, he he was in some amazingly ridiculous spots. Same with season two. Season three, this this man got shot twice in the back. I mean, he's a little worse for the wear now, but he's back and he's still he's still running things. So his his shiftiness is amazing. But he did some really stupid stuff in season one. And you can attribute that to the fact that he just had no clue what he was doing. Like he was just kind of starting off in the whole game and he just did dumb stuff. He had no clue what to do. So he got robbed. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of part of the game. You know, he, he got robbed. He had to learn from that. And the stuff that he's doing in season four I haven't seen him do anything as dumb or as pointless as this since season one. Like, I just haven't seen it. I'm looking at the TV screen and I'm like, why are you doing what you're doing? So in in the beginning of this season, in, in the first episode, um, to make a long story short, um, two of the guys that he's selling drugs to, they're in like this big gang war and it's the eighties and it's in Los Angeles, which is basically the recipe for a gang war. And he's in business with both of these guys. So 
since they're warring with each other, he decides to take sides with one of the gang members and help them take out the other gang member. Of course, it doesn't work out. And now he's on the run. And I'm looking at the screen and I'm like, why are you taking sides at all? I mean, worst case scenario, one gang eliminates the other. You completely stay out of it. You're good. The worst thing you do in this scenario is put yourself in it. That's just horrible for business. Like, what are you doing? And I'm just looking at the screen like, I'm sure you learned enough in the first three seasons to understand that this is not smart. And of course, he's like, you know, it's not good for business with them fighting each other. You figure you take out one, the other one's standing, and you'll just do business with that one. But it's really not your place to end the war. I feel like, and, and, and I tweeted this a lot, especially in the in the second season. I feel like either Franklin is really, really smart or really, really egotistic. And he thinks he's too smart. And it's really hard to tell which one sometimes. Like, is he so smart that he gets to drop on everybody? Or does he think that he's too smart and it's going to come back to bite him in the butt? I feel like this season is going to tell us which one is which. But I'm... I'm just thinking, like, what are you doing? Like, stop. Leave it alone. Like, learn how to mind your own business. I mean, the smartest people, they just mind their own business. They just lay low and they collect. He's not doing that. Like, he really did that in the first couple seasons. He just minded his own business. And now he's not. He's trying to expand and take everything and i really don't think it's going to work out for him um but we'll see i mean like i said before his biggest superpower is the fact that just when you think he's down he finds a way to completely shift and boom he's back and he's better than he was before and you're looking like how in the world did he do that and I think that's why people gravitate to his character because he he uses his brain. Like he's not one of those characters that that uses a lot of muscle. He kind of uses other people for that. Like he's not super flashy, but he uses his brain really well and he uses it to get out of tough positions more so than any other characters in other shows. Like he really uses his brain well. And I think I think people really like that. He, he's a he's a different type of protagonist. If you can say he's a protagonist. I honestly don't think there's a protagonist in this entire show. Like I feel like there's a bunch of antagonists, which is the beauty of this show. I mean, everybody seems like they're evil. Everybody's not that good at the same time. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the third um, episode, which will drop on Wednesday. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, there are some really standout actors and actresses in this. Um, I guess people say there are not a lot of A-list actors or actresses on here. 
Um, I feel like this show will definitely change that. So give it a watch. Um, I'll I'll basically be running what <laughs> down what happens each episode. So I mean, I, I've been really hyped up about it. Um, check it out. Um, that's on Wednesdays. Um, I'll be tweeting about it. Um, check me out on Twitter. Uh, if you don't want spoilers, definitely don't check me out on Twitter. Um, use the mute button heavily. <laughs> uh, that, that might be the best bet. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Um, we're going to go ahead and, you know, do this every Tuesday. So make sure you subscribe. Um, check us out. And as always, life is good. Be easy. Check it out next week. Have a great one. Peace out. If you're not ready for the conversation to end, I'm not either. Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's the Cincy Fan Talking. Leave off the G at the end of it, and we can keep the conversation going. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good.